thinking of Peter. Um, really, I'm considering, um, you know, what happened to Peter. Peter. Peter's going through a crisis. Let's 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 go right into the text. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana from Galilee, Thomas who said to be and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but left Nathaniel following them. Lord, we just pray that um, your word would, um, would just be magnified. We love your word in this church. We, we're constantly in Sunday Bible study um, looking at the word of God. Hold it in high regard. Your word is a faith gift. Your word is a, renews our minds. Your word is a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May you magnify your word today. May your word run swiftly. May we rejoice in your word. Not just, not just be the hearers, but let us be the joyful hearers of the word of God. And so speak to us today in your ways. quickly, just a quick review. Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples, but he revealed himself in this way. It, you know, those, those are big words. Jesus will show himself to you in particular ways. Not the way you want, but there are already divinely appointed and, and ordained ways that he uses to do so. We have to learn those ways and understand those ways. But in, in John 21, we're given one of those Wonderful ways that we have to get to know him. Um, Simon Peter is mentioned first in, in verse 2 because Simon Peter really becomes the, the center of the story. Simon Peter was the one that Jesus liked. Also the disciples participated. Um, uh, we also notice that the disciples were together. So we, we, we begin to start to see that Jesus loves to reveal himself not just to us privately, but publicly. In the context of fellowship, when we're together, when we're worshiping the Lord together, the Lord wants to reveal himself to you in that public context when you are with other people together. And then we finally get to the, to the issue that reveals the problem. And that is, in, in, in verse 3, Peter says, I am going fishing. And in that, in that, one, in that one phrase, uh, so much is at stake. So much is... is on the line when Peter says, I am going fishing. And that's what we're, we're trying to get at. What is going on with Peter? Why would Peter want to go fishing? You know? And so we, we, we began to say on the last couple of weeks, right, that, that when, when Peter says, I'm going fishing, it, it really does reveal three, three very important things about his condition, his spiritual and emotional condition. It reveals, number one, he's detached from the group. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, hey, can, hey guys, would, like, would, would you guys like to go out fishing? No, he says, I, I am going fishing. As for me, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm going fishing. He, there's a detachment of the group, right? Um, secondly, Peter um, is revealing a dangerous level of self-determination. He seems to be doing whatever he wants. He seems to be deciding for himself what he wants to do and do not. He doesn't seem to inquire. He doesn't seem to say, hey, you guys, it's your time to go seems to be doing his own thing. And then thirdly, it reveals that Peter wants to return to a former vocation. Peter is a fisherman. He was always 
about this. And um, now he wants to go back. Something, something's off. Something's not right with him. Right? So what, what, what exactly happened? Why has he become detached from the group? Why does, he, why does he pursue his own desires? And why does he want to go back to an old entity? Right? And these are the things that, these are signs when, when you have people in your life that are following the Lord and you love them and you care for them, you should be aware of how they're doing. Right? We should not live our Christian walk um, um, just not caring about other people, especially in a church. You know, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Hey, I noticed that I noticed that you're going going to do this a lot. Now, you ever know those people that they come to church and they talk about the Lord a lot? That they talk about the Lord a lot. They talk about the Lord a lot. Can you tell me some of those things? And now they're they seem to be preoccupied with some other activity. Hey, I'm going um going. I'm gonna do this. Oh, you did that? Didn't you do that last week? Yeah, I did. I'm going, I'm going again this week. Oh, I'm going next week too. What's what's going on? You know, right? That could be signs or um. They're doing their own thing. They're making decisions. Like before, they would say, you know, hey, can you help me pray? I, I want to do this, but I want to pray. But now they're no longer pr- praying. They're just doing whatever they want, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, it's like you knew the person came out of some one thing, and now they want to do this other thing. They want to do this other thing. You, you need to be aware of what's going on. Something's going on with Peter. And it reveals that um, it reveals that Peter is still affected by his failure. Peter, Peter is struggling still. And we know we know his failure. It, it, it's in it's in the catalog, the chronicles of the Bible, uh, in Matthew twenty six seventy three to seventy five. Uh, this just gives us a little bit at the end of, of, of this episode in, in Peter's life. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, "Certainly, you two are one of them, for you act so strangely." Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. So he's emotionally invested in this in this betrayal of Jesus Christ, right? Um, um, he, he's emotionally invested. He's not just, it's not just, he's, he's angry. He's, he's invoked to a curse. I do not know the man. He, 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 he tells the person, and immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, and he went out that bitterness. So that bitterness, right, that bitter experience of having betrayed the one he loved, right, so there, he, he's confronted with this failure. Now, Jesus, Jesus, having seen what Peter went through, he actually visits Peter after he raises from the dead. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 6, Paul writes, For I delivered to you as a first important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, so that and he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas. Cephas is a reference to Peter. Right? Uh, he repeared, he, 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 God, Jesus Christ, knowing Peter's condition, Peter Denied, um, betrayed the Lord, right? Um, and um, and he, he just, he's broken. And Jesus is coming to help him. Jesus is the first. And he appears to Cephas. And then Jesus appears to the 12. So Jesus takes a, a special moment to really spend some extra time with Peter. All right? So Peter lost something very important and vital with respect to the call of God. Uh, him going fishing is a vocational expression. I'm going fishing. In other words, I'm going to return to be a fisherman. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. You know, I love him. I have my faith in him. I don't, I don't think Peter lost faith in Jesus Christ. I think the issue with Peter is, is the call of God on his life. I don't think Peter's rebellious. He's going to go smoke crack. He's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to follow the Lord. I don't think that's Peter's story. Peter is just broken. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go fishing. I know what I, I, know what I can do. 
Okay. We lost his touch with God's call on his life. Right? We lost his touch. Now, now that becomes, you know, we see, we see that call in Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right? Follow me, Matthew 4, 19. Uh, I will make you follow me. So Jesus gave a call to them. Right? Somehow, I'm going fishing and following Jesus Christ. Right? Not that, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with going fishing. But in light of the call of God on Peter's life, you know, clearly the going fishing um, is something that, that is a learning experience with, with Peter. So, um, so this is what's going to inform what's going on with Peter. And, um, and so Peter's in a bad situation. Uh, it is this loss of Peter's call that informs what's happening in Acts 17. Go back to Matthew 16. Matthew 16 just to kind of give us a little, a little bit of, of Jesus' vision for Peter. Jesus' vision for Peter was the security of the church. Right? God loved Peter. <laughs> like, like, he said to be sweet words like these were not sweet words. So Peter, Peter is, is, is an important, an important part in this whole redemptive program of Jesus Christ in building his church. So Matthew 16, he said to them, um, so, but who do you say I am? Jesus tells the disciples, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, and that, that word you, I looked it up in the Greek. I wanted to know if it was plural, second person, pl second person plural, or second person singular. I thought it was a plural. Huh? Am I surprised? Nope, it's a singular. Jesus is addressing Peter directly. Not the disciples. So we got to take the, the context of the word of God and, and say, well, it is what it is. You know? Yes, we can make implications and stuff like that. Like, oh, oh, it, it ends right there. But let's just, the, the context is Jesus turns his attention to Peter. I tell you, I'm telling you, not the rest of you. Not the rest of you guys. I'm telling you, Peter. I tell you, Peter, you are Peter. This is, this is quite a moment, I think, in, if we could see this moment in, with spiritual eyes, I believe that Jesus is, is doing something. He's declaring something over Peter. You are Peter. Like, this is a great king. Like, Jesus is the king of the universe, right? So, so he's not like uh, just a nice man that is just about to say some nice things. No, this is the king of the universe declaring, decreeing over Peter. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you, second person singular, I give you, I'm going to build a church, I'm going to build this wonderful thing, I'm going to give you the keys. You can go in and out as, as <laughs> you, can, you, can, you have complete access and authority, right, over, right, right, there, there's something, not, Jesus is over his church, don't get me wrong, but the role that Peter is playing is clearly is foundational for building the church. Like, I'm going to give you the keys. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed. And again, all of those yous are single per, uh, second person singular. And so Peter, Peter's, Jesus has a destiny for Peter that is perhaps at least articulated in scripture greater than any other person in the, in the entire Bible. Peter, 
understanding. Hey, does he have a clue of this? He has no clue. <laughs> you know, he has no clue. He's like, amen, Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, you ever, you ever say, like, what are you going to say? You know, like, what, what can you say? And you're like, that's all I can say. <laughs> but, you know, he's, you know, he doesn't have a clue, right? Like, how many times the Lord gives you promises and, and you don't have a clue either. <laughs> you know, you've been like, yes, Lord, you know, but we don't have a clue. But it's okay. But he, the Lord still speaks to us. He says, I want you to know what I, I have planned for you. You have, you're going to be really great in this area. Um, I just want you to know. Now, all of these words, obviously, are, are, are informing everything about Peter's life because they're trying to inform us. And Peter is going to receive the words and he's going to fail. He's going to deny the Lord three times. He's going to repent. That experience will be very similar to that. Because something's going on here. There's still something. There's still, even though Jesus revealed himself to Peter, there's still something in him still. Because he's lost his, his call of God in his life. God wants to restore the call of God in your life. It's not enough to just come to church. It's not enough to just be a Christian. Ah, uh, I'll just come. God has a purpose. It, it says Jesus was the call of God, but I believe it's still you. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it's still you. Different, distinct, but Jesus is the same. God has a plan for you. And you might find yourself, you know, in the group, hanging out, fellowshipping with different parts, but I'm going through this. In other words, I'm going through this. Yeah, that thing about Peter, Peter, whatever. <laughs> whatever, I'm going through this. And I believe many, many believers in church are in the same place. Faithful, they remain faithful, they come to church, but there's no, they've lost a vision for their life. They really don't know, or they've forgotten, or they're discouraged, and they, and they don't have a vision for their life. They've lost a vision, and they, they can't even, and Peter, Peter's going to be so good for us because he is going to help us, because all of us are like Peter. All of us will have experiences where you will feel like, man, things are not going well. Right? I, mean, I hope, I trust that some of you already have that experience. I know I've had it. Right? Some things are not happening well. And Peter's going to be very helpful. So today we're going to continue to consider how Peter came. And we're going to ask the question, um, in what way was Peter specifically affected? I want to understand better where he got. Because we've got to get to the root of this a little bit. In what way was Peter specifically affected by his failure? Okay, he denied the Lord. Okay, what did that, what was the impact? What did that produce? What happened? We know he lost sight of God's vision for his life. It seems like he's lost his vision. He's, he's more interested in going fishing than he is about fulfilling the call of God in his life. So something seems to be disconnected. I want to understand what is it that happened to Peter. Why? And, and because I think oftentimes we're going to lose sight of the God's call in our lives. And I think oftentimes it's, it's the same in yours. So I want that, I, I'm really interested to know. I want to know more specifically what is going on with Peter in his life. What caused him to lose sight of God's vision?
vision for his life. I know he failed. Okay, I, I got that. He denied the Lord, yeah. But something transacted in him, left him in a certain emotional and spiritual state, and that state, uh, whatever that state is, he was not able to see God's vision and God's call for his life. And I want to know, what is that state? All right, let's go into this. Although the passage doesn't specifically say this, though, Peter lost all self-confidence. Okay, he lost all Fundamental to the way he lived his life. This is beyond like, like uh, his. This is beyond his 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 like race, his ethnicity, color, skin color, hair. Right. This is something very on the inside. Something was impaired. It had to do with his self confidence. Let me give you. You want to see a little glimpse of Peter's self-confidence? Perhaps, I think I can say this, but I haven't read the Bible so many times in my life. Peter expresses, um, among those that God, that Peter expresses in the Bible, embraces an expression of self-confidence in the Bible. Right? So I think I can say this. Read all the Bible, or just read every arrogant and self-confident statement. Peter takes the cake. <laughs> Peter takes the cake. He's like, well, I mean, that's why I admire Peter. It's like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's pretty pretty impressive self self-confidence here. But let's look, let's just take a glimpse of how confident he was, right? Let's go to Matthew chapter twenty-six. Matthew twenty-six. says this, you will all fall away. What did Jesus say? How many? (laughs) Um, You will all fall away. Jesus is talking to his disciples. I didn't come this morning. I didn't get my own prophecy. <laughs> right? But Jesus, you know, Jesus being the master that he is, you know, he, he pulls no punches. And he tells you with a straight face, you will all, all of you will fall away. Right? Without exception. All of the disciples, without exception, will fall away. Right? Who said this? And who is he? The God. God. God in flesh. <laughs> if it was like, you know, um, Fauci, yeah, <laughs> a different story, right? But this is God in the flesh, yeah. Jesus doesn't say, hey, hey guys, listen, there's a real good chance. There's a real good probability that you will fall away. Does Jesus say that? Nope. I think you got more than 50%. Nope. 100% chance you, <laughs> that you will fall away. In fact, Jesus is saying to them, listen, I can say it to you a different way. There's no chance that you will not fall away. 
what authority can I say that? When God says, let there be light, is there any chance of not being light? <laughs> when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, was there any chance that Lazarus would stay dead? No chance, zero. <laughs> right? It's God's word. He's, he's telling you. The God who made the heavens and the earth is declaring, decreeing, and he says, um, guys, in that passage, you will all fall away. And <laughs> right? But, of course, we don't listen. We're stubborn. We're like, yeah, yeah. Let me interpret that. <laughs> Let me go to my hermeneutical. Pro- yeah, uh, you will all fall. What part of that do we not understand? <laughs> well, there goes the doctrine of free will, huh? <laughs> I was like laughing at me. <laughs> Heaven's my free will. <laughs> wow. No chance of not falling away. No chance. Zero. Now, let me tell you something. The basic meaning to fall away um, is means to cause to sink. So don't, don't be like, oh, we're falling away. You know, it's okay. You know, God's just, we're going to be a little, we're going to be a little bit more good. will all be caused to sink. Sink. Fall. Fall away. Sink. Sink. S-I-N. Not S-I-N-G. <laughs> Sing. Sin. You will all be caused to sin. I love the reality that it's just over. It was just like all of you. I was like, it's just, I just love it. I'm, I'm white to death, but I love it. <laughs> right? It's like God is a God that he tells you and he encourages you. He doesn't make rules. He just tells you. Now, you have to understand that I, I, this is another message. This moment is so filled with the sense of Yesterday I was like, I said, Lord, this is beautiful, right? But, but that's another thing. He said, you will all fall away. The, the, like I said, the word means to cause to sin, to cause to stumble, to fall, to cause to sin. And there's, so there are three things you should know about this, about this word today, this, or what Jesus is telling us. Uh, three things. First of all, the word carries a strong moral. neutral, right? Uh, to fall away is not morally neutral, right? I, you could say I picked up these bags. They're moral implications of picking up bags. I call it morally neutral, right? They're things that we do all the time that have no immediate moral implications, right? We do that all the time. Now, if I lie, now I've just done something that has moral they fall away, they will violate moral implications. It's not morally neutral. Secondly, 
the word, really important to read very carefully because the word definitely means something. It's important to read. It's important to consider. Um, the falling away is caused by external factors. It's caused by faulty Okay, the, the emphasis on um, if I were to push Kelly, right, and she falls, how does she fall? She trips? No. Someone pushed. That's the word. The word is to cause to, be, to fall. In other words, something other than yourself is causing you, causing the action. The Hebrew language is really good when it comes to that. This is Greek. Um, it's a little bit different. But 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 just um, but it still carries the same this idea that the action is being caused by another, and we see that in Matthew eighteen six. Matthew eighteen six, the Lord says, "For whoever right causes one of these little ones to sin, you see that same word right um, causes." One of these little causes to sin, although in the English they separate the two words, causes and to sin, but it's really one word. Okay, so there, there are these two words, cause to sin. So whoever causes to sin, one of these little ones, I think it's probably better um, rather than putting the two sin at the end. Whoever causes to sin, one of these little ones, whoever causes to fall away. So this idea, right, um, it would be better for him, right? So here in Matthew 18, 6, right, um, this is one thing that you should be aware of. In the Bible, sin is sin. So don't, 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 um, all sin will need atonement and forgiveness, every single sin. However, the Bible does make a distinction between sin that is caused by one's own desires and sin caused by others. The Bible does make a distinction. The Bible does make it, both are sin, and both require forgiveness and redemption and atonement. Right? So it's not like just because you are caused to sin, God doesn't excuse you. Okay. However, it does make an accommodation, not or a distinction. I don't want to say accommodation. It makes a distinction between, hey, I I acted on my own will to sin, as opposed to, uh, man, this guy punched me in the face, and uh, and then I got angry, right? They're, they're, the Bible actually accommodates that. It says, you know, if the God would not punch me in the face, I would not have gotten angry, right? Right? But, so, so the idea that the Bible does accommodate, you know, the Bible says, well, it's all sin. No, the Bible, God is a God of justice. No, yeah, you can be mad angry, but I, but, you know, it recognizes that that you got punched in the face, and so you were agitated. Circumstances outside of your control came and and, and put you in, in a tight spot, right? Um, you know, let, let's say for example, you know, you're uh, it, it has happened. You're, you're in persecuted countries, and and the situation, and you're caught in the moment to to say something, and um, and and you say the wrong thing, you lie because you're you're fearful, yeah, right? The Bible says understands that that there are circumstances outwardly that can cause us to act in a way that is sinful. And the Bible makes a distinction. Thirdly, um, 
the Greek word here for fall away is skandalizo. Skandalizo. Does that sound like anything? Scandalous. This word brings into um, view that it's not just sin to fall away. You will all fall away from the faith. Secondly, the falling away is being caused by an external force, an external, something outwardly is pushing the disciples to fall away. Thirdly, it can be scandalous. In other words, what's a scandal? Scandal has a public dimension to it. A scandal, right? Scandal is like when other people know about it. And so Jesus is telling them, you will all be caused to sin in a scandalous kind of manner. Well, guess what? 2,000 years later, guess what we're talking about? <laughs> was Jesus right or wrong? <laughs> it's like, it was a scandal, you know, right? This, this is preached everywhere we go, right? It's a scandal everywhere. You know, they didn't just do it, and, and, then, and then history never found out. No, unfortunately, we're preaching about it this morning. <laughs> and so this word, um, it's, a, it's an event that will take place that's moral or it's legally wrong. Secondly, Jesus... Um, Jesus um, tells them, so Jesus says, you're falling away. I'm, I'm going to get to Peter, but I need to build what's going on. Jesus says to them, and, and, and this is important, and the reason I bring it up is because I think, I think that um, you got to consider this. Jesus says, you're all going to be caused to fall away, and I'm going to a little thinking here. You will all fall away because of me. So the word already has this idea of an external cause to fall away, and now Jesus says that I'm the cause. You have to be careful, right? Jesus says, oh, I'm a drug addict because Jesus calls me to be a drug addict. <laughs> no, that, no that, that would never happen. <laughs> it's like, uh, so, so, no, we cannot, the Bible says in James, God cannot be tempted with evil. Now they can, right? Because he tempts anyone. But you can't, be careful how you, how you think because of me. You're going to, all these people are going to come after me. Because of me. Jesus himself will be kind of like the source of causing the falling away. Uh, if, you, if you've been walking with Jesus, you better they're missing out. They're missing out very good because this is um, his for your spiritual formation. He's, he doesn't know what he's saying. Uh, at, at this moment, you have to understand, at this moment, this is unthinkable for the disciples, right? You are going to fall away because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking, right? <laughs> they were thinking, like, uh, we love you, so we're going to get you too. Like, it's just going to be, <laughs> like, it's going to be, like, like, this is unthinkable for the, you know. Um, so what does it mean? What, and what's supposed to happen when you fall away because of Jesus? It cannot mean that Jesus doesn't entice you. But I, I believe what it does mean 
that taste of the fruit that is Get that? Something of their expectation. Their expectation of Jesus. But in a real sense, they will be offended at Jesus. Okay, that's their expectation. So that Jesus, Jesus realized, Jesus is not saying, he realizes that in a real way, he is going to uh, be an offense to them. Right, um, and, and I could get into a lot of this. I don't. Want, I don't want to belabor this point. I trust that the Holy Spirit can make this real to you. Um, something uh, in their relationship with Jesus that includes in that relationship package expectation. It's just. It's just we do this subconsciously. We don't even think about it. It's just part of the the body. We have a relationship, and then the formed relationship and that's why the most painful things in your heart are when close relationships break because expectations were not met so jesus jesus is telling them look i know i know the relational connection that you have with me i know that you i mean think about it they've seen jesus walk on water like we can never really grasp the depth of psychological emotional like this is it I love this. Uh, there was a video of a, of a little um, koala bear. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm going to share this with you guys because this is what it means to have Jesus here. And the guy is working in his backyard, and, um, and the koala bear comes. He comes down, and he grabs his leg. And he takes his koala bear, and he puts it down. <laughs> and he puts him here. And the guy says, Jesus is in the work. And the koala bear takes it, and it's like, that's what I want. <laughs> and he takes it, and he puts it, and he puts it over here. He puts it even higher, and the koala bear is like, he's looking around. <laughs> Anyway, tax it to the leg. And I said, that's how you love Jesus. <laughs> you know, that, that, that wherever we are, you, you, circumstance can move us here, can move us there, but you, but you, you like, you, you find your leg. <laughs> and, and you go straight for the leg. <laughs> Amen? These people had a love for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. They saw him walk on water. It's not like, oh, it's not like, like Le- LeBron James going to this is on a whole different order. <laughs> this is like, this is, you what? <laughs> you, you walk on water? He, they saw miracles. Lazarus, come forth. Boom. <laughs> this is incredible. Right? Like, like this is, like their whole lives are just upside down. This is not just a nice day. Like when you go to Donny Park. Oh, that was fun. No, their whole world is being rewritten. This is God. He commands the storm, and just lightning pours in the sea. You ever been into the sea? And you've been, I've been, to, I've been to a couple of cruises, and you know, and, and it, gets, it gets dark. And it's like, it, 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 when it's, it, it, gets, it gets, and the ship is rocking. And if you ever been there, it's like, wow, this is, imagine, and then in my, in my children's car, I'll look out the window of the future, and I'm just like, I did not say. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, imagine that looking like that. <laughs> you know, you're trying to survive, trying to think, what would it be like? They're not like attached to Jesus Christ. They're attached to him. This is goes beyond anything normal that we can ever think of. That no man has ever experienced. Let's be honest. This is phenomenal. But emotionally, 
their minds, is it reasonable to think God that's defeated demons, legions of demons, legions, even the spiritual powers of darkness, and with a word, demons flee. So in your mind, life is good. No possibility of anything bad ever happening again, because Jesus is here, right? <laughs> Let me check whether Bob is here. You know, this is Jesus here. Oh, you know what? Don't worry. Jesus is here. Oh, we didn't meet the rent. Don't worry. Jesus is here, right? Like, in their minds, Jesus is here, life is cool. And they lived in that, right? They lived it. There was no circumstance. There was no failure. There was nothing that, you, you ever read a story, and, and the disciple went with Jesus, and, oh, what a horrible failure that was, and everybody went home sad. You ever read that? <laughs> every, every story ends with, he, he ends on, like, the man. <laughs> Jesus is the man, right? Everywhere you turn, he's the man. Tell me one, one, point to me one story where Jesus, uh, there's something like, like threatens him in any way. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. He conquers death, he conquers disease, he conquers storms, he conquers demons. Everything is just like, whoop, no food, no problem, 5,000, 10, right? So it's like, they, they live their whole lives in this, so, so you can, you can give, the, give the disciples some, give them some room here. They, they think their life is invincible, this is great, this is never going to end, this is fantastic. Build expectations. And when Jesus said they will fall away because of me, we will be the cause, right, of them falling away and Jesus going to die on the cross. That's the cause of it. And he will not stop So you have to understand that in the life of the disciples, the cross is a massive abrasion difficult choice in their life. All of this, and then the cross. The cross, total failure that ends in death. Not like a temporary defeat, oh Jesus, you're coming, you know, you have to regroup, you know, rethink your strategy. No, no, death. Kaput. Dead. <laughs> like, 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 over. Game over. Do you understand how radical? <laughs> it's like, you went from invincibility in a moment, death. He's God. Do, do you understand their expectations of Jesus, whether implicit or explicit? They were clearly, you, you have to, you have to appreciate, they're looking at this Jesus, this, this does not fit the narrative. This is, um, this is, no. I refuse to accept this narrative. You know, like, like, at the end of the day, he's just going to full denial. Three years have been glorious, we went home victorious. He's the man. He's the man. Right? Every single day, he's the man. He's, and suddenly, out of the blue, he gets taken away. He's dead. Bleeding. On the cross. Dead. Of the cross. Do you see the, the violence? How violent that's going to rip them apart? Their whole world is shattered. Amen? fiber of their expectations that Christ is coming. You and I will have the same experience. Not to that same degree. I guarantee you, 
the cup. It had not touched me. Another time. Oh, I can have come from a reason how life is good, right? Everything's going to be wonderful, right? I've got jobs. I've had God before me, but I can't see that. <laughs> and he's kind of like, hey, man. <laughs> right? And the first couple of years, we're like, we're like, we're like, we're like, we're like, we're like amen, brother. <laughs> Until. Fills his life with them, these great words and his loving desire. But Jesus kept telling them, right? Did, did I Jesus said, um, by the way, I'm going to the Son of Man is going to give you the Son of Man and I guess I'll die. Right? <laughs> Jesus, it's not like Jesus like, going, I told him. Maybe I'll tell him right away, but Jesus at the right time. He's like, man, by the way, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, and they could have killed him. But either way, how do you prepare for things like that? Let's be honest. Can we give him a break? Can we give this five? Can you prepare for something like that? Uh, well, yeah. I knew it. I don't think that was thinking of this. Up, but yeah, he told him. And I'm standing firm on his word. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so they're, they're like all like flame. And they're like, they don't understand what's going on. They're confused. You know? And so this, this failed expectation of Jesus should cause them to experience a real loss of faith and trust in him that would lead to death and separation sin hardened and it is in this sense that ultimate disciples will fall apart Jesus something's going to happen to Jesus and they're going to leave to what degree we don't know but we're going to they're going to leave in a real way something which is walk with Jesus long enough, my last thought, you too will eventually be offended by his ways. You will be offended. Can I tell you that? You will be offended. Eventually, you know, sooner or later, he is going to, I cannot tell you how the days I've been, and I was just so offended that I had no room to sing and stand. been there? And you're totally locked in. And, and I'm just like, ah, forget about it. This is just beyond my comprehension. My comprehension. I can't figure this out. 
uh, this, this is wrong, this is not right, and it's just like, you know what, uh, right, I've been there. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Listen up, if you're young in the Lord, you better listen up. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is different between a, a new Christian and an experienced Christian. You read that, then you can say, praise the Lord. The experienced, oh, God, have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> oh, God, have mercy. My ways are not your ways. The way I live, there's going to be clash, major clash with the way God's ways are. The way I am and the way Jesus is, is there's infinite gap between them. The way we think, the way we process, everything is absolutely contrary to God. You know, his ways are higher. And can I encourage you today with this report? Are you being called to fall away because of this? Are you in your experience, your, your recent experience of Jesus, are you going through something where you feel, not of your own, but because of circumstances, because things are happening, you're being called to fall away. You're being called to, and you feel like Jesus is in the midst of that. You, you, know, we, you know how we know that, you know, we just sometimes feel like, you know, Jesus, you know, we don't, sometimes we don't tell him, but deep on the inside, we're kind of blaming him. We're kind of like letting him know, like, I'm not happy the way you're treating me. I'm not happy that you're letting this happen. And we really do blame him. You're being called to fall away. Um, can I tell you that to not to fall away, right, is a, is a blessing. Do you know that it is almost, um, it is impossible, it is impossible not to fall away apart from the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. In fact, look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 11, 6. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, it is so normal to be offended by Jesus. It is normal. It is expected. You will be offended by Jesus. You will be, his ways will offend you. But he says, if we, right, if we have not become offended, is actually offended by him. Here's what this means. This means that when circumstances really diametrically oppose what all you think that you've learned to trust him. You know what, Lord? I just see every voice in my heart is telling me to blame you, to be angry with you. Um, and I just feel temptation be upset with you and, and be offended, but I'm going to trust you. And there is actually special blessing in that. <laughs> There's a special blessing given to just, just to not give, not to be offended. It doesn't say, blessed is the one who rejoices in my ways. It's not, it doesn't say that. It, he, he, he lowers the bar. He simply says, don't be offended. <laughs> Right? Don't be offended. He's not telling you to rejoice. 
fantastic, Lord, that my, my life is ruined, and I just love you for that. He's not telling you to do that. He's just simply saying, don't become a hypocrite. Amen? Don't be a pantser. Are you going through something? Let's stand and let's pray. Are you going through something in your life that, you know, you feel offended? Can I, can I encourage you? Don't be offended. Don't be offended. You don't know his ways. We don't know his ways. Sometimes we don't, our understanding is completely disconnected from, our, from our, our circumstances. And that's okay. That's normal. But trust him. Trust him. Abby, if you don't mind coming up, I'm going to, let's pray and let's ask God to.